You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And Happy New Year to everybody out there, and uh, good morning, good afternoon. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Hope everyone had a very safe, fun New Year. Hope your pets were safe during the New Year. Uh, just talking to the show producer, and you know, we had, I don't do a bunch of stuff for New Year's. We like to stay local only because you get a lot of nuts on the road. I actually went to pick up some food way earlier in the evening and already just the wackiest, most terrible drivers out there. So um, anyway, not something that I would recommend. So I like to stay clear of the road. So stayed very local. But there were a lot of fireworks. I don't recall New Year's being such a, a fireworks-laden holiday, but um, I'm telling you, a lot of fireworks out there, getting some calls from people who typically would have these problems on 4th of July, but not on New Year's. But can I tell you, people are out there doing some weird things. So hope that your pets were safe and not too freaked out by the fireworks. There's actually a, a study I'm going to get to in a little bit about dogs that get stressed out. And fireworks, fear of sounds, loud sounds is one of them. Fear of people and fear of other animals. Very interesting uh, result. Anyway, just want to welcome everybody to uh, 2017 and hope you have a uh, great year. Hope it, uh, for those of you that do not have a good 2016 for whatever reason, I'm hoping that 2017 will bring you a lot more joy and satisfaction. We're here live. Thanks to our sponsors, Provecto, a once every 12 week chewable, tasty, wafer that is, as I said, it's very tasty. They call it a chew. They don't call it a pill because it's not a pill. It's a chew, and um, uh, but very effective. It's become one of my new favorites. I put my dogs on it. It's 12-week protection against fleas and ticks, and as I said, it's very, very effective. But makes it, and many of the newer products out there that, that I do like and recommend, the active ingredients that we're seeing now are becoming more effective because a lot of the older products, like the Fipronil products, even some of the imidacloprid products, are we're seeing a lot more resistance. We're seeing animals that are resistant, and that's a problem. And it's typical. It's typical of insects or even the bugs that we treat with antibiotics. If you look, if I look at an antibiotic list of things that I used years and years ago, we see that the efficacy is not the same. A perfect example, a lot of diarrheas are caused by a parasite called Giardia. And typically, we have always used Flagyl, metronidazole for Giardia, and it works fine, and it still does work. But we're seeing at least 20% of the Giardia cases out there are resistant to Flagyl now. And the reason for that is overuse, inappropriate use. Probably the biggest problem when it comes to bugs and us as doctors, as people creating the problems, is because we either stop too short or we're not using the best thing in the first place. And so what happens is that the organisms that are still living through this medication are the ones that are reproducing. So clearly the genetic information that they are passing on to their offspring, the next generation, the generation after that, et cetera, et cetera, is now going to have that same resistance. So what first starts out as one or two then can turn into an entire population over time. And that's what we see. Also want to thank more than a cone, a sponsor bringing animal wellness 
through the arts, uh, more information helping us through their programs, through their charity events, which are great. And um, it's a wonderful, wonderful group. Uh, it's Kong Veterinary Products are the manufacturers of the cones, and they, they're more than a cone events, are very successful. And, of course, Save This Life Microchip, who I thought we were going to have Chance White here with us. And uh, yet, once again, I guess it's tough to get a guest on the day after New Year's Eve. I would, you know, New Year's Day, even though for me here in California, it's, it's early, 9 o'clock. But uh, even for someone who is in the Midwest, it's at, who's now it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, or all the way back east, 12 o'clock, I guess coming in after New Year's is, is tough. So you got me. And um, so anyway, what I'd like to do is now hoping that, that your pets are well, that you are well, had a safe and happy New Year's Eve. I went through the news over the weekend and a lot of pet stuff that you hopefully will find interesting. I certainly did. And then we could talk about anything else. If you want to join us, it's very easy to do. So I'd love to hear from you. As I said, my guests bowed out on me. Tough to get somebody here. So if you are up, awake, and you are listening to us now live, then give us a call, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Another way you can join us live is to go on to your Pet Life Radio website and click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab. And our wonderful producer, Mark Winter, actually put a Google Hangout link, all right, on our page on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff page. Click on that link and you can actually join us live here. We can see if you have that, hopefully you have that camera on your computer or one of those things that you can mount on top or your phone. Make sure you have your pet with you as well. And not only could we see you, but we could see your pet and you can ask anything you'd like about your pet, your pets as we're entering the new year. And hopefully some of your New Year's resolutions, whatever they may be, are involving your pets as well. I'll give you a quick, easy one. Brushing your pet's teeth. Let's get those teeth brushed. We see a lot of problems and um, there's nothing, I mean, as many as good products we have out there, and there are a lot, there's nothing that replaces good oral hygiene care at home that starts with brushing. So keep that in mind. So here's some new things that I saw. Number one, there was a new law passed in Michigan that basically, it's really good, it's really smart, and I was amazed that these things even happened in the first place, but it does. You know, a group of us here on Pet Life Radio, listening to me or any of our hosts on Pet Life Radio, clearly are animal lovers. I mean, you wouldn't be wasting your time if doing this if you were not an animal lover. It would be a waste of time, but for us, it's not, because it's a passion. So a Michigan law that protects animals from abusers. So now they are allowed to do background checks on anybody who walks into a shelter to adopt a dog. So all potential adopters have to be subjected to background checks. And the reason is there was a law that's now in place called Logan's Law. And what blew my mind is that this law was put in place because in 2012, a beautiful husky named, do they have his name? No, I didn't have his name. Just a, a husky was adopted from a shelter in Michigan. And the guy who adopted him was torturing the dog and poured acid on his face and blinded him. And so there are a lot of kooks out there. You know, we hear these stories this is why we don't let our black cats run loose on Halloween. Guess there are a lot of crazy, nutty people out there that do really bad things to pets. So anyway, I think that's a good idea. This was really cute. This is really cute and so cute that you can see it. You got to check it out on, on YouTube. But this was in Montana. Now, it's snowy cold in Montana this time of year. 
and a trio. It's a dog named Gabe, a great Pyrenees, a pig, a pig, it's a Mangalitsa pig that his name is Root, and they were friends. They grew up kind of together. And then they befriend a black Angus cow named Wilma. It's the cutest thing in the world to see how, you know, we as people sometimes have so much time getting along with others. And here, the, the true sense of animals and how we love them and why we love them, you could see it. So if you click on YouTube, it's a story. You can just put in the keywords, Montana Trio, Dog, Pig, and Cow, and you will see the cutest videos of these three romping and playing. Very, very cute. Oh, this is also a nice story. It's, I mean, it's nice to start 2017 with some good stories. Microsoft, based in Seattle, they put out a pet calendar, and the, all the proceeds are going to animals, to animal welfare, adoption, helping animals, and I think that's great. So um, if you should see this Microsoft pet calendar out and about for 2017, buy it, because the money is going to help animals for animal welfare, animal wellness. I think that's great. Another report from the American Vet Med Association, something that, that, of course, any veterinarian probably knows by now. And the reason I say by now is that when I go back to veterinary school, which was what I started in 1980, so what, 30, well, 36 for sure years ago, this year will be 37 years ago, and ultrasound. Ultrasound, first of all, the ultrasound machine took up a room, and it was only reserved for the board-certified veterinary radiologists. All we had as practitioners at our disposal was an x-ray machine. And when we had to order up an ultrasound, it was at the teaching hospital at UC Davis. What you did is you had to fill out your forms and what you're looking for and what the x-ray showed, and you send it up to radiology, and the radiologist does the ultrasound. Here we are, 30-plus years later, and ultrasound, you have an ultrasound now the size of a laptop. And every veterinary hospital should have one. I would be somewhat suspect if you are seeing a veterinarian that does not have an ultrasound machine. Now, that doesn't mean that they have to be experts at reading the ultrasounds. The ultrasounds can be sent in for evaluation by a board-certified veterinary radiologist. But when you think of the information, the non-invasive information that could be gathered by an ultrasound, it's unbelievable. And it's a different type of picture than one would get from an x-ray. When, For example, when you have fluid, okay, on an x-ray, let's say fluid in a body cavity like the, the abdomen or the chest, fluid is your enemy because what it does, it clouds over everything. You just com- lose complete detail. You can no longer see the edges of the, of the intestines or the liver or the spleen or kidneys because it's all, there's fluid in there and it sort of blanks out everything. And so it is definitely, as we say, in an x-ray, fluid is your enemy. But on ultrasound, fluid is your friend. And fluid shows up very dark, like black, and it actually elucidates all the other things that might be floating in that fluid. So to use both is the best way to go. When you're, for example, checking on a pregnant animal with ultrasound, you really, it's very hard to count the number of puppies or kittens or whatever you're looking for, you can see individually, you could see them. You can get more information because you can actually see their hearts beating. You can see the movement. So it's really cool with ultrasound. But when you're looking for exact position in the uterus, looking for a count of how many, ultrasound may not be that, that helpful. But 
X-ray, you can see the entire picture at once, so you can actually count. Of course, once the skeletons you know, are calcified, if, it, if they're too young, then you can't see that either. But once skeletons are calcified, you can count the heads, you can count the rib cages, etc. You can see their body position, relation to the uterus, the body of the uterus. So again, there are advantages to both. But I think that every veterinary hospital, general, even a general practice hospital, should have ultrasound. They probably do. But if they don't, I would, as I said, be a little bit cautious about some of the diagnostic data that is being gathered, if it's just being gathered by an x-ray, of course, depends on the, what you're looking for. If it's bone and you're looking at a joint, yeah, x-ray is great. But it's great that the AVMA is coming out with a statement educating you, the consumer, the pet parent, about the benefits of ultrasound as well. Anyway, it's that time on our show. It's halfway point. Don't go away. We'll be right back after word from our sponsors. And again, if you want to get a hold of us, 877-385-8882, give us a call. Let's talk pets. That's why we're here. Don't go away. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks. So trust me when I say no other Tasty 2 protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto 2 keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. On Tuesday, May 2nd, 2017, save the date for the 5th Annual NYC Retails and Sales Pet Product Expo. It'll be from 1 to 6 p.m. at Home Studios right in New York City. Plus, the presenting media sponsor is Pet Age Magazine. This event is a retail pet trade show brought to you by American Pet Professionals and Whitegate PR. It's an exclusive event for retailers and media. For more information, you can call Nancy Hassel at 631-446-1105 or myself, Dana Humphrey, at 619-414-9307. Plus, you can check out the website to learn more details at retailsandsalespetexpo.com. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up at iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from PetLifeRadio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, you are... Um, here live with Dr. Jeff. I'm actually just texting somebody who's, who texted me, wants to know um, what what radio station. So I'm just letting them know we are 
here online at Pet Life Radio. So um, anyway, I wanted to um, give you another couple of stories that I thought were really cool. So San Diego Zoo noticed a, a problem with their white rhino. So they started investigating. They took some x-rays, speaking of x-rays, and they found a bullet fragment in this poor white rhino. Now, they rescued this rhino from the wild in South Africa and clearly having issues, which is why they rescued him. So they found and removed a bullet fragment, and that's really cool. And, you know, again, I know I don't want, don't want to get into a political discussion now and what is PC, politically correct, when it comes to these pet sanctuaries and zoos and things like that. I will say, however, and again, I'm not speaking for everyone because I clearly have not been to everyone, but I have been to quite a few, and I am extremely impressed by the care that these animals are received, by the environments that they are offered to live in, by the protection from a species standpoint that they are afforded. And, you know, is it ideal? It's a good question. I don't think anybody knows. There's no way to take the same animal, the same animal. I don't mean the same species. I don't mean the same breed. I'm talking about the same individual animal and have this animal in two places or going through two lives at once to see which is better. Now, if they are housed in terrible conditions, that's a totally different story. But when I see, I was at a place in Arizona. It was a sanctuary. It wasn't really a zoo. And I'm telling you, the staff was amazing. The care, they had breeding programs for some of these wild birds. And the reason that some of these species are not extinct are because of a lot of these facilities across the world that are doing their best to preserve the species. And I think it's great. So I know that there are a lot of animal rights and maybe even animal welfare groups out there that are against these facilities. And I really think you can't make a blanket rule. You know, circuses, another thing. It's also the way they're handled. It's interesting when you hear stories of these elephants, and elephants don't forget that when they finally get loose to cause a problem, they will run past hundreds and hundreds of people to get to their trainer. So that kind of tells you they're not mean animals. They are being abused. And they don't forget. They have a purpose. When they take off like that, they're taking off with an amazing purpose. So as far as some of these zoos, I mean, I'm just thinking of this white rhino. He would have been in pain, maybe dead. Some, obviously, if he was affected by the bullet, he would be a sitting duck for other poachers. By the way, they believe the bullet came from a poacher. So I think that don't just take a blanket uh, approach or an opinion on these facilities. I think you got to look one, at each one individually and, and go from there. Anyway, uh, another study came out that, again, doesn't surprise me one bit, that fostering animals could be good for you. And it's true. First of all, we know the health benefits of having a pet. So when you foster, first of all, it's a great practice to see if maybe you are the right person to be a pet parent permanently. Secondly, it provides companionship. So even while you're doing it, for example, if there, if you know of a senior or somebody who just lost a spouse or empty nesters, the kids are all gone, maybe think about fostering a pet. Maybe it'll work out great. And if it does, then maybe you'll get one. Maybe, maybe you'll end up adopting the pet you're fostering. That happens so many times. I work with a number of rescue groups. I have a number of clients that foster. I don't foster per se because I know that any animal that comes into my house that I take from one of these rescues or that comes into my office is staying permanently regardless. And so case in point, my newest cat, and not so new anymore, but he's number six and his name is Pandu. Someone brought him in, found him in one of those big trash bins in an alley. 
and they heard the meowing and whatever. So this kitty was, oh my God, it was so cute. It was mostly white, like just, just off white with maybe, maybe a little orange coming through its snout and its ear tips like a flame point. So probably has some flame point something, you know, Siamese in him. And um, a male. And one of my technicians is, is holding him and, oh, Dr. Warwick, please, can we, can we put him up front? Oh, please, please. Oh, he, he's so cute. Let's put him up front. Because during, especially during kitten season, we have this really cool cage up front in our reception area that we put kittens with signs, please take me home. And I look at this cat and I said, no, we can't. And they go, oh, why not? He's so cute looking. Why not? I said, because I'm taking him. And he is such a great cat. Now, you can imagine bringing a cat home into a home with five other cats. You know, there's a lot to worry about. And uh, <laughs> they are phenomenal together. And he now, by the way, as he's maturing, he's, he's, he's probably, what, a year old now? His First of all, his coat has darkened just a little bit. And the points, oh, my God, they are so obvious now. So he is clearly flame point Siamese something. He doesn't have that typical oriental face. And the voice, he's, he's a little rounder, so he's mixed with some sort of domestic. But he is the cutest thing. So anyway, it doesn't surprise me to study about these fosters. If you have the opportunity to foster a pet, do it. If you have one pet that's lonely, if you've lost a pet and you're sort of walking that, that fine line, whether or not you're going to get another one and so how soon, foster. And it might work out great. Maybe you'll find your second pet. But at least your pet, your existing remaining pet, the resident pet, will have a playmate uh, have something to get excited about. And for you, I mean, just the, the benefits are many. So not to mention the fact that when you foster, you're saving a life. A couple more stories I heard. And then again, if you anybody wants to you know, come in and uh, give us a call, 877-385-8882. Join us live on Google Hangouts by just going to the Pet Life Radio page. Click on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you can join us right now and talk to me. So, oh, this is really, really interesting. Speaking of conditions and bad conditions, and not blanketing and generalizing when it comes to sanctuaries and zoos. Here's a good one. It's an Alabama bill that now is requiring breeders. If any breeder, dog, cat, anything has more than 10 females, they are now required to be licensed, which subjects them to inspection. And But here was the mind blow. There are over 20 states currently that do not require this. Can you imagine This is why these pet shops that were selling these puppy mill dogs were selling such lousy, lousy dogs because nobody was inspecting them. And there were no regulations in these states, 20 states that don't have regulations. That's a concern. That's when people say, you know, puppy mills. You know, I used to help some pet shops back in the day, and I insisted on certain things as far as the care of the animal, as far as their vaccination schedule, where they were getting them, et cetera, et cetera, or I wouldn't work with them. And there were some good good breeders out there. So again, people talk about puppy mills. One example is an elderly couple picked up a dog from a puppy mill. And uh, this was the cutest dog. It was a Las Opso, the cutest thing, healthy, everything was nice. And they wanted a playmate. So on their paperwork had the information from the breeder. And they were in like, I don't know, Arkansas or someplace where the puppy mills usually are. And they, this older couple being uh, retired, were renting a Winnebago and they were going to drive cross country for a vacation. So they said, you know what, we can sort of go through and go through uh, whatever state this was and take a look at the dog. So they get to this thing and they are expecting kind of like the puppy mills that you saw on TV, the most disgusting things on the planet, et cetera, et cetera. They get back with a new puppy. They said it was a wonderful senior couple that were breeding these dogs on their own. 
The dogs all had names. It was an operation, but everything was clean. They had a staff. And so, again, not to get into a, a discussion about breeding with all these rescue animals that are being put to sleep in the shelter. I get it, and I'm not a big fan either. However, if it's going to be done, it needs to be regulated. And you can't just hear the word puppy mill and think, oh, my God, it must be a disgusting mess. Unfortunately, there are way too many of them. The good news is, for example, like here in California, pet shops selling any dogs from breeders are outlawed. So there are no pet shops anymore. All the pet shops here in L.A., for example, are offering rescue dogs from shelters. So that's sort of a much better way to go, I think. But even still, you just don't want to generalize. It gets you into trouble. Here's <laughs> when I talked earlier about the stress factors and the, and the fear of loud noises and the detriment, the problems it can have with your dog. Well, here's this one. I liked it. And maybe, they, I don't know, maybe it describes me. But a new study that stress may be associated with dogs going gray early around their muzzles. And it was a, basically fear of loud sounds, of unfamiliar animals, unfamiliar people seem to be associated with premature gray. Now, I think, well, of course we know that genes have a lot to do with it. I mean, my 87, soon to be 88-year-old dad is hardly, has hardly any gray. And his two of his kids already and three of his kids in the 60s don't have any gray. But still, I think that you, I always wonder, maybe that's why it's so great for me to do what I do because I feel so stress-free going to work every day that, you know, how can it be stressful when you get to play with all these animals all day? It's the best. So anyway, what, whatever the case may be, I'm not complaining. But just think about that. It might be, you know, something if, let's put it this way. If it is something like this for animals, it can certainly be that way for people too. Anyway, one last thing. Again, our time is up, but I do want to say, because this is important, a bear family in Pennsylvania all died. It was a mom and two cubs from eating English yew. That's Y-E-W. It's an ornamental shrub, and they are highly toxic to pets and people. So be very, very, very careful. You should go online, see what they look like, and if there are any, if you recognize any English yew around your pet's environment, you must remove it. It is deadly. Can you imagine how deadly it is if it could kill a mama bear and two cubs? We're talking deadly. So uh, anyway, be safe out there. Have a great 2017. We're going to be um, heading, actually, for those of you that can tune in, on the 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th of this month, I will be in New York. Again, this is planned. Who knows what's going to happen in news, but I'm going to be doing segments on Good Morning America. So uh, tune in if you can. Uh, that's the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. It's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on GMA Good Morning America. Anyway, um, have a great week. Have a great 2017. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Provecto, more than a uh, cone, and um, Save This Stuff Microchip. And um, anyway, if you ever want to get a hold of me, you want to send me a question, you want to join us on air, you can do so. Just send me an email to drjeffdrjeff at petliferadio.com. And uh, we'll be back here soon. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.